Welcome to another episode of JewishRing.com, the show. And today is the very, I'm really excited for this episode because this is the very first episode that I'm having a guest and we're not Skyping or Zooming. That we're actually doing it in person, which has uh, several benefits for everybody out there. One, that I don't have to worry about technical glitches, difficulties, or otherwise with Skype, Zoom, or anything else with the internet. Two, is we actually get to drink the same thing at the same time, and three, that we get to like you know develop a rapport. I've actually never met our guest today before tonight, who is, and I, you're probably wondering who's our guest tonight, which is Rabbi Ellie Simpson, who is a Magi Shior at the local Masif, Lubavitch Masifta, which is basically 11th grade-ish, mm-hmm. yeah, 11th graders, and he's the he's a rabbi, he's a teacher there. So uh, tonight we are drinking vodka, so if you're curious what is in the glasses, it is not water. Although, unless you want to call it vodka water, you can do that. Um, so first, we have to kick off with L'chaim. Just like a bracha? Yeah. Baruch Adinah, Yedahim Amalachinam, Shachal Yedahim Amen. L'chaim. L'chaim. L'chaim Yeah. And for the historians out there, I haven't had vodka straight in many years, so I'm clearly a whiskey guy. But I'm happy to do, in the spirit of talking about Lubavitcher Hasidus, and tonight we're actually, or for this episode, we're talking about drinking in Hasidus, and so drinking in Hasidic thought. So I don't even know where to begin. Rabbi Simpson, how does drinking appear in Hasidic thought? Hasidic thought, which is based on Kabbalah, is uh, is you know, one of the fundamental aspects of Hasidic thought and Kabbalah is the concept of the ten attributes of Hashem, God's ten attributes, uh, ten, ten powers, ten, as it were, through which Hashem created the world, ten, ten ways in which Hashem expressed Himself in the creation of the world. Um, the first two of the attributes are Chachma, which is wisdom, and Bina, which is understanding, the two components of the intellect. Mm-hmm. So interestingly enough, Chachma is actually connected to water, and Bina is connected to wine. Ah, okay. Wow. Now, wisdom, understanding—you know—the two words seem synonymous, right? They're both—they both have to do with the intellect. Mm-hmm. But Hasidic thought explains that there's a very big difference between the two of them. These are two steps in the development of an idea, of an intellectual idea, which enters a person's mind. So, when an idea enters someone's mind, it first begins off as a flash of insight. Hmm. Now, this flash is not something that the person fully grasps when it enters his mind, right? He just, he's been thinking about this problem for a long time, focusing, focusing, and all of a sudden, boom, he knows that he knows it, <laughs> but he does not yet know what he knows, hmm. right? So, Chachma is the entry It's not been fully processed. Exactly. It hasn't been developed. It hmm. hasn't been structured. Chachma is that power in the soul which connects a person to that far beyond the intellect, from where ideas enter the mind. Hmm. In fact, Chachma is the ability for a person to completely set his entire consciousness aside, which is necessary for a new idea to enter the mind. Creatives hmm. know this, that they have to completely lay themselves, you know, as, as, as long as they're self-conscious, there's no way for new ideas to enter their mind. Hmm. So Chachma, actually the same letters as the words Koyachma, <laughs> which is the power of what? Hmm. What being the perfect word in Hebrew to symbolize nothingness. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can, you can, there's a, there's a famous analogy to, uh, to explain this idea. There was once a professor 
who uh, placed a cheer on the table and then told his class, prove to me that the cheer doesn't exist. Uh -huh. right? So the people start writing furiously, furiously. They all give it in except for one guy. He writes two words on the paper, gives in hands in his paper. Everyone else fails except for this guy. Two words, what cheer? Okay. Right? As soon as you start proving that the cheer doesn't exist, you're already dealing with the cheer. What, the concept of what, means that I don't even know what's going on over here. There's nothing here yet tangible. Koyachma, the power of what, is the power to completely lay yourself aside to allow for the insight, for the new insight that enters. So that's Chachma. Bino, on the other hand, is like from the word Boneh, which means to build, mm -hmm. where you're taking that initial insight of Chachma and you know, building it into an entire structure, an entire building, as it were. Mm -hmm. So, Chachma and Bina, Chachma is connected to water. Water is something which doesn't have taste, something which is formless, something which is like vodka, it's clear, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And whereas Bina, Bina has, you know, Bina is wine, Bina has taste, Bina has, uh, you know, alcoholic uh, effect. Right, right. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's actually enjoyable. Right, the person takes it and, and, and you know internalizes it, understands. That's what understanding is. Understanding is taking this idea and developing it into a way that I can grasp it, that I can actually internalize it and and, and have it touch me. So whereas chachma is, I'm going out of myself. I'm, I'm I'm you know just making myself receptive. Mm -hmm. Bina is where I'm drawing that insight down into myself. Mm -hmm. So the idea of wine is the idea of contemplation, understanding, internalizing. Okay. In Chassidus, we say that Dabra uh, Melech says in Tehillim, he says, which is that my tongue is like the quill of a scribe. <laughs> when somebody's talking for too long, it doesn't dip his quill into, into ink. That's so, clever. I like that. You gotta take a pit of You gotta take a stab of once in a while. So, Mechaim, Mechaim. Let's get back to these, uh, to these two ideas of Chachma and Bina, right? Wisdom and understanding. These are two components of the intellect. Mm -hmm. Now, the there's intellect, a there's a third one, which is Das, right? Which makes up Chabad, yeah. right? Chachim Das, okay. But we'll leave that aside for now, for various reasons. Okay. But uh, the, 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 this is all the first part, which is the intellect. Now, a person really has two main, two, two general worlds that exist inside a person's psyche. There's the world of the intellect, Chachim mm -hmm. and, and the Das, which you mentioned. And then there is the world of the emotions, which contain emotions such as love and fear, which are the two primary emotions, as discussed in Chesidus and Kabbalah, and then various other secondary emotions. The emotions are they they develop from the intellect. The emotions are 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 um, the quality of the emotions is uh, measured according to the intellect. So, for example, you'll see that a child who understands very little, his emotions, he's excited mm -hmm. or she's excited about things that are trivial, right? They get excited about the uh, lollipop, about the little toy, because their intellect is not fully developed. So, therefore, their, their emotions are not driven towards, uh, you know, deep things. Mm -hmm. um, so, now, so the, the intellect is what, um, is what determines the level of the emotions. Hmm. Now, in order for emotions to derive from the intellect, Chachma is not enough. You need Bina. When you have this, this you know, 
ephemeral idea, which is just like floating out there, which you haven't fully grasped, mm -hmm. it doesn't really touch you. It's not really talking to you. It's only when you fully understood it, when you've kind of internalized it, when you've taken that wine, when you've had that yayin, mm -hmm. right, which actually has taste, that now you can actually make it part of you and it can actually affect your emotions and, um, yeah. and inspire you mm -hmm. with a feeling of either love or fear, whatever it is. Now, that's why the Gemara says that uh, the word for wine, yayin, mm -hmm. has the same numerical value as the word sot, which mm -hmm. means secret. Nichnas yayin. I'm sorry? Very good. 65. Nichnas yayin, yotza sot. When wine enters, the secrets come out. Mm -hmm. The secrets, those are the emotions that are going on in a person's, in a person's heart. Mm -hmm. So the bina, the understanding, which is the yayin, that's what brings out the sot. That's what brings out all of the emotions mm -hmm. that are found inside the person. So, uh, so wine is definitely very, very significant in, in internalizing, internalizing, um, internalizing ideas um, in, 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 in Hasidic thought, uh, you know, the two most important aspects are love of, of Hashem and fear of Hashem, mm -hmm. right? Those are two primary emotions. In order to, for a person to have those emotions, he has to first contemplate on the greatness of Hashem. He has to utilize his chacham and his bina. He has to take, and, and most importantly, he has to have the bina, he has to have the wine, because he's got to bring it home. Mm -hmm. He's got to make it meaningful to himself. If he doesn't make it meaningful to himself, it's just an idea that's out here that doesn't, that doesn't arouse me with any feelings of love and fear for Hashem. Mm -hmm. So, I'm talking a little too long. Let me say l'chaim. Okay, l'chaim. There we go, How, is it all just... Wine mostly serve serve as a metaphor in Hasidic thought, or so there is obviously the and is it mostly just wine? By the way, beer, vodka, and otherwise don't really factor it in. Wine stands in as like a metonym really for all alcoholic beverages. That's correct. Hasidic yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I I have this my my personal idea. That's why we drink vodka in Chabad because that that's kind of similar to water. It's kind of looks like water. <laughs> so we're trying to like tap into that chachma aspect. <laughs> That's uh, just my. It's a nice <laughs> <laughs> um, actually emphasizes the importance of water over wine okay. in certain contexts. Like, okay. For example, uh, we find on Sukkot mm -hmm. that uh, there was this special joy associated with the pouring of the water on the Mizbeach. Mm -hmm. Whereas all year round there was the pouring of the wine, mm -hmm. on Sukkot you had the pouring of the water. And the Mishnah says that Misha Loira Simchas Beisesheva, right? Brought down. Has never seen Simchas in their life. Whoever has not seen Simchas Beisesheva, not seen Simchas in their life. Right. So, which is kind of like it's a little counterintuitive. You would think that the ultimate joy would come from the wine, wine. right? Misachayim <laughs> all year round, but it doesn't, right? It actually comes from the pouring of the water. Mm -hmm. What's that all about? The explanation is that, like we said, the wine has to do with understanding things making sense, things being internalized. Mm -hmm. um, the joy that comes from that is a joy that's limited according to my understanding. The more I understand, the more excited I get, the more happy I get. The, the joy that's associated with the, with the water is a joy that comes from my self-nullification to Hashem. When I nullify myself completely to Hashem, as in the power of Chachma, Koyachma, there's no me. Right? I lose my consciousness entirely, I give myself up entirely to Hashem, so now my joy is unlimited because it's Hashem's joy that I'm experiencing. Mm. That's why the ultimate joy is the joy of the pouring of the water. 
that's that's a big piece that comes up in the Tanya, right? The nullification, nullification of the self. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes. The importance of chachma. Uh, that's why chachma is the first attribute, mm -hmm. because the only way for the infinite light of Hashem to be able to be, so to speak, contracted into attributes mm -hmm. is only through this interface of chachma, where you have an attribute. On the one hand, it's an attribute, which means that it's somewhat limited. But on the other hand, the entire essence of the attribute is its self-nullification. So Chachma is very, very important in Tanya, as is Bina, because it's all about bringing it home. Hmm. Bina is what brings it home. You know, the wine is what brings it home. That's what makes it meaningful to me. Hmm. And at the end of the day, uh, that's what counts. You know? Yeah. So. How is, um, does, does, does vodka or beer play much into Hasidic thought, or really... Wine is really just the sand for that. Not really. I think that wine is really, you know, you know even in, in, in Hebrew, in, um, in halacha, for example, vodka is called yayin saraf, mm -hmm. right? Like the, the burning wine. The burnt wine, yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, yayin is kind of like that all-encompassing theme. Sort of I, don't term, yeah. I don't know that yayin, you know, means only, you know, only wine, even though... In some places, it's explained that the reason that wine has this quality to reveal that which is hidden inside is because wine itself is something which is contained in the grapes, which is actually hidden in the grapes, uh -huh. and was itself revealed from its hidden state. Right? But somehow I think it kind of encompasses all alcoholic uh, yeah. beverages. How does, um, I don't know if you want to go with it. How does how does Hasidic thought around wine play into er, interact interface with Jewish practice halacha? I know you we're really focusing on the, the thought tonight, the mm -hmm. philosophical aspects of, of wine and Hasidus. Is there whether it's just the wine itself? I know that's where you were headed, but also even just the sort of the more activity of drinking, the, con the conceptual aspect of wine. Sometimes the water being over the wine, sometimes even the chachma predominating over the bina. Mm -hmm. Uh, how all right, cool. That's, we yeah. actually find that you know in the in the Gemara there's the, there's the, you know there's a concept that's called yayin mozuk, which is when we take wine and we mix in some water. Mm -hmm. In fact, sometimes we put two thirds water, as much as two thirds water, and only one third wine, or even in some cases three quarters of water mm -hmm. and only one quarter wine, because the the bina has to be founded upon the chachma. There has to be that foundation of self-sacrifice, that foundation of I just completely give myself up to Hashem and on top of that I can have my understanding, you know, the wine, I could, I could you know, it could, it could make sense. If the foundation is the wine, if the foundation is just what makes sense, yeah. then we're going to end up in the wrong places. And so when so. it comes to the Passover Seder, so in the Mishnah when it talks about the the Maziga Sayayin, mm -hmm. so you're saying there's a, there's a significance and importance to that water, that Chachman being added Absolutely. to that Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. That's really fascinating. Yeah, in fact, when it says uh, that uh, that Yaakov brought Yitzchak wine, uh -huh. it says, he brought, he brought him wine and he, uh, and he drank, mm -hmm. so it's explained, I think it's maybe Targum Yenison, I'm not sure, uh, who explains that that he, he put some water, which means he mixed the water with the wine, uh -huh. And, uh, and he gave it to the drink. It's very significant to mix, mix the water. You've got to always mix the water uh -huh. with the wine. You can't, let, you can't let your mind run away with you. It has to always be founded on that foundation of Kabbalah Sam Al Shemayim, accepting the yoke of heaven, uh -huh. which is the water. The interesting thing that Hasidus also talks about two different types of wine. 
Okay, there is the white wine really? and the red wine. Oh, okay. okay. So there is... I'm ready for more vodka. Absolutely. There is the white wine, which is called Yayin Hamasameach. That is the wine which brings joy. And then there is the red wine, okay. which is called Yayin Hamashakir. That is the really? wine which makes someone drunk. <laughs> okay. Now, if you've ever had the white wine or red wine, you know that there's a very, very different effect, that the red wine is somewhat heavier mm -hmm. and could send your head turning, right? Whereas the white wine is just a much smoother Right. There experience. could be more sugars with the red wine. It could yeah. be. I don't know, sugar, sulfites, I don't know what it is, but yeah. there's something there that uh, I'm like allergic to red wine. <laughs> okay. White wine works, red wine sends my head. Yeah. By the way, as soon as I said the sugar thing, I'm sure someone's going to comment. Red wines don't always have more sugar. White wines get whatever. But I'm so, sure someone out there is going to correct me. So, um, so the white wine, which is the wine that brings joy. Again, like we said, wine has to do with bina, right? Mm -hmm. Contemplation, understanding, making something personal to me in a way that that it actually touches me, mm -hmm. that I can actually internalize it and grasp it. So, there's one type of contemplation that leads to joy. That's when a person contemplates the greatness of Hashem, Hashem's wonders, and he's kind of, he's drawn to connect to that, right? So he's actually inspired, he's, he's so excited, like, look, this is Hashem to whom I am connected as a Yid, mm -hmm. and this really, really inspires me to, you know, to study Torah, to do mitzvahs with passion, with excitement, that's the Yain HaMesameha. Huh. Then there is the other type of wine, that's the Yain HaMeshaker, the red wine. Mm -hmm. The red wine... That's where a person contrasts his lowliness with Hashem's exaltedness. Wow. And where he says, Hashem is so great and wonderful, but I'm so lowly. I'm in such a terrible state. Look what I've done. Look where I am, etc. And he becomes embittered. He becomes like, he becomes, he uh, loses. Despondent. Like, it's despondent, like giving right? Up. Yeah. He becomes like drunk. He becomes almost like depressed uh -huh. over, the, over how far he is from Hashem. And that's the wine, that's the, 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 the Yayin HaMashakir. The wine that makes a person drunk, which is which is a necessary step in serving Hashem. Sometimes it's appropriate for a person to feel deep feelings of remorse and regret. Does that connect to the pasuk in Mishle about don't look at the wine key? Alteri yain ki zadam. Yeah. I don't know if there's a connection there. There is a pasuk which says tnu tnu sheikharla. The yain to the mari nefesh. Because you want to give beer, which is bitter, to someone who's already embittered of spirit. Okay, I'm a little suspicious of sheikhar and that pasuk means beer. I don't know if it, I, I think... That's for, another, that's for another conversation <laughs> why the 20 plus times sheikhar appears in Tanakh could right. possibly be beer. That's for another conversation. Okay, okay. <laughs> but that's my read, by the way, of that, that pasuk. Really? How about yain to the Torah? Well, the when, the Torah, when the Torah says Yain Mishaychar Al Tesh, yeah, it's beer. supposed to be some sort of. It could be date beer, but yeah, something of that, okay. like or or really anything that is not wine that gets one drunk, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be a barley-based product, but something that's well, there's actually that's, that's how law provision, right? There, there are something like, which makes a person drunk, which is not wine, right? That's true. Okay, but for Tanakh purposes, so but at least in this pasuk in, in Mishle. You d the I read that verse is you don't give the embittered person the the mari nefesh, you don't give them the bitter product. You give them yain because mm -hmm. it sweetens their embitteredness. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's Interesting. how I understand that. that Interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess in the context that I'm discussing, it could be like you yeah. want to take him to the real to this really really 
dark place that completely really go dark. Go all the way beer. Get it all uh, cleansed, you know, yeah. get totally regret everything mm. and then you're ready for the you know for the uh, for the Yain Amasameach for the mm. for, you know for the one that brings joy. So yeah. uh yeah. Lots and then, so this is kinda like white wine, right? Because this is really isn't about getting drunk, it's really about the simcha. <laughs> this is more about simple. That's why it's ever rings, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wait, wait. When we were saying Lachaim, yeah. right? So you may have noticed that you said Lachaim, I said Lachaim the Lebracha. Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah. Now, most uh, Hasidim, in fact, I think most from Jews would respond with Lachaim Toivim Lashalim. Okay? Yeah. Um, and in fact, the custom of saying goes back a long way. Um, the reason for that is brought down is because the first time that wine appears in the Torah is actually with Noyach, right? Yeah. And very it had some very negative consequences. Potentially. Um, yeah, I think actually <laughs> it was. Uh, so, however, which, you, by the way, which by the way, you can check out that episode where we talk about what did Ham do to Noach. That's a whole totally separate. Either way, separate, separate, separate episode. Well, something bad happened out of it, and clearly alcohol was involved. But how the outcome was bad. But how bad was Noach's actions? I think is a totally okay. Separate that's position. an excellent, excellent question. Right. So let's let me. Let me let, sure. me let me move back. Let me let me rewind, yeah. and then let's get back to Noah. Yeah. Because in fact, the Medrash says uh -huh. that the Eitzadas, mm -hmm. right? It's was, in Bracho. It's actually in Bavli Bracho. Right. That the Eitzadas was was one. According, according, according to Rabbi Meir's position in that Bracho. Okay. Bracho. So yeah. according to one position, the the, the Eitzadas was actually grapes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Wine. So in fact, mm -hmm. the very first sin mm -hmm. of since creation was, you know, had to do with wine. And with grapes. I mean, Rebbe Mayer is clear in that right that it's grapes. Because well, it didn't have time to she squeezed. Uh-huh. Right? It doesn't she, she, wasn't, she wasn't feeding him grapes. She was, yeah. she was squeezing the grapes. <laughs> okay. All right, so, go for it. So it's actually brought down that Noyach was trying to rectify uh -huh. what Adam, what Adam had messed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he failed. Yeah. Okay. He failed as well, and then we find again we find with uh, with Lloyd, also mm -hmm. had uh, you know negative uh, negative outcome. So we find a lot of negative things associated with wine. Therefore, although we although, say although I think the nations of of Ammon and Moab would disagree. Say, <laughs> we wouldn't be here if it didn't happen. Okay. Point well taken. <laughs> it's it's all a matter of perspective. They yeah. would say we wouldn't have been. Well, in fact, you can take it a step further uh -huh. and say that. Uh, that actually David and Malach would not have been here, and Mashiach wouldn't be here if not for that, uh, right? Yeah, because you really wouldn't go all the way back, right? Right? Yeah. And Nama, Rus, and Nama, descendants, and Mashiach comes from those. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, so there, there were some negative consequences of the wine. So we want to make sure that that doesn't happen to us. Mm -hmm. So therefore, when we say Lachaim, we say Lachaim Toivim Olashalim that this wine should mm -hmm. be good. And peaceful shouldn't bring to any negative consequence. That's the reason why people say l'chaim tovim l'shalim. In Chabad, we say l'chaim v'levracha, mm -hmm. right? Why do we say l'chaim v'levracha? There's a there's an interesting anecdote that's told that the uh, the 
Magid of Mesrich, who was the teacher of the Balatanya, who was the founder of Chabad Chassidus, mm-hmm. he would say L'chaim L'vracha. We don't know why he said it, but that's what he would say. He would say L'chaim L'vracha. Oh, okay. So one time, the Alter Rebbe was sitting with his Chassidim and uh, Febreging, mm-hmm. and they said L'chaim, and the Alter Rebbe said L'chaim L'vracha. Now, this was the first time that the Chassidim had heard this expression. Oh. And after the Febreging, they were sitting among themselves, uh, discussing why you know, why would you use such an expression, Chaim mm-hmm. One chassid, an, an elder chassid, said that the word Vilavracha is a Vilev Raka, a soft heart. Oh, soft heart, right? Chaim Vilavracha, Lev Raka. Mm-hmm. Now, why are we wishing each other Lev Raka, a soft heart, when we're saying, when the emotions come out, mm-hmm. that's, that's a dangerous time, right? The person's mm-hmm. got to make sure that the emotions are guided, mm-hmm. that they're properly focused. Uh, if the emotions get out of control, it can take a person to all kinds of negative places, mm. right? So when, a, when we're saying l'chaim, and it's nichnas we want that it should be leave rakab, leave the heart, that's the seat of the emotions. Mm. We want to make sure that our emotions are soft, we don't, that, that, you know, that, that the wine doesn't get us to any, you know, anger, uh, doesn't bring us to anger, doesn't bring us right, to... Being belligerent, you want to be yeah, more all kinds of, good you know, negative... Life. Things that that can come out mm-hmm. when we uh, when we say too much l'chaim. <laughs> so, uh, in general, whenever there is whenever there is um, whenever there is uh, self consciousness, whenever there's consciousness of self, whenever a person feels themselves, when a person's kind of like, you know, he feels his I, his ego, there is cause for a concern, right? That's why we said that the the bina has to be tempered. By the chacham, which is that that bittel, that 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 self nullification. Uh-huh. So, in fact, whenever there is yayin, there has to be lachaim bracha, there has to be leiv raka, there has to be. Got to make sure that <laughs> we're, it's going in the right in the right direction. Mm-hmm. In fact, when Mashiach comes, it says that we're going to have then the yayin hamashumar, right? It's going to be this, uh, this ancient wine, the, the guarded wine. What does it mean, the guarded wine? It's explained that it's yayin hamashumar ba'anovov. That means wine, it's guarded in its grapes, like it hasn't been squeezed yet. Punctuated, yeah. Right? It's this this wine which has not even been revealed. There's absolutely no consciousness of self. When Mashiach comes, the world is going to be filled with knowledge of Hashem. We're going to lose ourselves in this this amazing, amazing understanding of godliness. Hmm. And that's going to be the expression of that yayin hamashumar ba'anovov. It's going to be a type of wine that's not even felt. It's like, it, 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 you know, we don't, it's, it, it, it's a wine which rather than bringing out our emotions, we can become completely subsumed in that. Hmm. So. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.